Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Up 10. And this week, y'all, we're going to have a little fun, okay? We're going to have some fun and we're going to talk about all the things. Because I'm talking with Natasha Rawls this week. You might know her as your coach, Natasha. And if you don't know her as that, you might want to get to know her as your coach because this woman is just full of so much experience and wisdom and it really shines in our conversation and she even got some freebies for y'all at the end so definitely listen from start to finish speaking of freebies this is not a freebie but it is my gift to you I want to remind you that my book, Thrive, How to Let Go, Find Purpose, and Flourish is now available. And you know what? I might have to make a little discount code for my podcast listeners because I really appreciate y'all. But anyways, yeah, listen to this episode all the way through because there are some freebies at the end. And I hope you really just enjoy this conversation. I hope this conversation encourages you. I know it's going to put a smile on your face because we talked about so much here. We talked about divorce. We talked about being a single parent. We talked about healing. We talked about entrepreneurship. We talked about politics. Y'all, I never talked about politics on here before. So I'm just so excited to present this conversation to you. And I hope it's as good for you as it was for me because I had a time talking with Natasha. So let's get into it. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to Get Up 10. How are you today? Doing great. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited for our conversation. I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing what we get into. <laughs> All right. Me too. It, it's going to be a surprise. I know you gave me the questions, you know, within the past 24 hours, but I still don't have the answers. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay then. Yeah, I apologize. I should have gotten you the questions earlier. I think. I'm still like Jan- I'm still getting into the flow of things. You know, we're halfway through January. My daughter just went back to school. Like I think this is week two of school now. I don't know. I'm I'm just lost in time still, but I'm getting <laughs> back on track. So, anyways, this week on Sunday night, I was like, oh my gosh, I have things on my schedule for this week. I got a to do list, and like I have <laughs> podcast interviews this week, and so yeah. I should have got you the questions earlier. No worries. I like it kind of off the cuff. That way we can be conversational and we can just flow with the Holy Spirit. So I like it like this. This is perfect. Okay, good. Great. (laughs) So I'm just going to do my mini spiel on Get Up 10. So I created my podcast in 2018 and it is inspired by a rapper, Cardi B. (laughs) I do not follow her currently, but at the time, I named it after her song, Get Up 10, which says, look myself in the mirror. I said, we gonna win, knock me down nine times, but I get up 10. And so Get Up 10 is all about resilience and also authenticity, being yourself, showing up as yourself and kind of just being, what is it? Perfectly imperfect, right? Is that the right way to say it? Yes, I love it. Yeah. So how has life knocked you down? Well, I was 
pondering and I'm like, it's not me down so many times. So from a single mom on welfare to, you know, being a divorcee after 13 years of marriage to failed businesses, uh, being in executive leadership positions, and then you get demoted or you get fired from a position, things like that. So I've, I've been flat on my back several times, but one of my favorite speakers, Les Brown, he says, if you can land on your back, if you can look up, you can get up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's been kind of my story. Um, it's funny, you know, today I got these cards. It's called prayers to light your path. And so I just randomly pick one and it says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me from Micah 7, 8. So I think it's so fitting for what we're talking about today. You know, when we get knocked down and we're knee high to a grasshopper, you know, we have resilience and we can bounce back. But how do you bounce back, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Before we get to bouncing back, because that is very important. I want to unpack some of the things that you just said, which I could not. Normally I have my little notes and I'm like writing down the main topics. But you just said so many things that I was like, okay, we're going to have to go back and re-listen <laughs> to that again. Because single mom welfare businesses and I missed out on so much more so can you walk us through some of that a little bit more okay I don't mind um so here I am I'm in the teens in life you know I was kind of in a small town and so you know when you live in a small town they put everything in the newspaper so for me I was like a local star you know they always oh the DECA decathlon and the, the Mesa group went here and traveled and they won these awards so you know I was kind of a highlight in my high school plus I was a transfer student from South Carolina to New Mexico so that was kind of you know the fanfare and so, of course, life is happening. I got ripped away from South Carolina. And so I decided I'm going back and I'm going to see my old friends and, of course, do whatever I want to do. And so I ended up pregnant. And so I came back, um, didn't know it. On my way to college, I knew that I had no choice. I had to make it to college because mom was not going to settle for anything less. And so I get to college, you know, I'm working out. I'm going to turn over a new leaf in life. I'm going to begin again, a fresh start. And I started gaining weight and I was like, what is happening? I'm eating good. I'm working out. And so the first time I ever had a women's appointment <laughs> was when I was 18 years old, actually 17 years old. I graduated a little bit early and uh, found out I was pregnant. So here I am, single mom in college. And my first thought is, oh my God, I'm going to be a statistic. <laughs> And so I really didn't want to be a statistic, but you know, what do you do? And so I went, got government assistance, but I made a vow then, you know, I'm not going to stay in this place, but uh, I tell people I got my master's degree with my baby on my hip. So me and her going to college together. So that was that first, you know, I guess major area where I felt kind of knocked down in life. Yeah, that is not easy. And you didn't even say bachelor's, you said master's. So <laughs> that's amazing. We're going to do it. We're going to go hard or go home, right? Yes. Get all of it. So in high school, what exactly were you known for? Like, was it sports or music? I wasn't really sure. So I was um, 
kind of a smarty pants, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a good student, had good grades. Uh, and so that really helped mask a lot of my devious behavior because I could get away with so much because they were like, not our innocent straight A student, 3.5 GPA, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so it was mostly academics. And then I was in choir. I love to sing. Okay, and, so, nice. and then we would do like, go sing at the nursing homes, dress up in the fancy, you know, ballroom gowns and do like the opera songs, singing Latin, singing all these different languages, you know, so that was kind of me in high school. Nice. And then South Carolina to New Mexico, that is night and day. How did you end up in New Mexico? It was one of those, my mother, of course, she's a, a woman of inspiration. She's very driven. And so uh, she wanted to excel in her career. And she came home one day and said, I'm applying for this job. I'm probably not going to get it. And then two weeks later, she was like, we're moving to New Mexico. And I was like, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> and it was my senior year of high school. So between my junior year, after you finish up junior year and get ready for a senior year, that's when she decided to get a job transfer. So that's how we ended up in New Mexico. And I actually stayed there for about 26 years. I stayed and went to college, uh, University of New Mexico. Shout out to the Lobos. You know, I was there and uh, finished up my master's degree at the John Sperling School of Business there. Um, no, Anderson School of Management. Sorry, I worked at the John Sperling School of Business. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the first get knocked down and have to bounce back experience. Yeah. So how did your mom receive the news of you being pregnant? I don't know if she had to receive it from me because I was praying, Lord, I don't want to tell her. I don't want to disappoint her. You know, a lot of my life I lived because I love to see mom smile. Life was kind of yeah. hard, been a hard situation. You know, they divorced when I was 12, um, her and my dad and, and, you know, they had violent rages in the household growing up, things like that. And, you know, in African-American culture, you know, going to see a psychologist or get counseling, that's not in the cards. They were like, wait, what? you're fine. Shut up. Let's move on. Life's still happening. You know? So of course, as you get older, you learn better strategies and better tools and you get to unpack all of that. But, um, that's kind of, you know, how that went. So finally, uh, she was taking a shower one day and I was sitting there. I was like, I have something to tell you. Did the Lord tell you anything? And then finally <laughs> she was tired of the game. She was like, so how many months are you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. You told her for me. And she knew because I was eating like a horse. You know, I would come home from college and I'd be like, can you make me some fried cabbage and some tomatoes and gravy and all this Southern food, collard greens and neck bones. And she's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> eating all this food. So, yeah. Okay. And, and then, <laughs> so how... Were you in the beginning like a freshman when you had your your daughter, right? Uh-huh. So I went, came back from South Carolina because after I graduated in New Mexico, 
with my high school diploma, I took off and I went back to South Carolina to hang out with my friends. So I spent that summer, I got a job and I was just living my new, brand new adult life. Yay, I'm free. I can make my own decisions, you know. And of course, your brain is still forming. Now this neurological resource, research, they're like, your brain isn't fully formed until you're like 30. Uh, but, you know, I didn't make the best decisions. So the guy told me, I can't have any kids. And I was like, okay, <laughs> who hasn't fallen for the okie doke before? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, in a young mind, you're just like, okay, anything you say, sir. <laughs> and so of course I'm coming back to college, you know, trying to get my orientation done. You know, the, not going to college was not an option. You know, so I was going to be there for orientation and get started in college. And so I would fly back probably like the night before orientation so I could start my college, my new college journey. And yeah, 30 days later, I'm like, maybe 60 days later, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Dropping yeah. out wasn't an option, you know. So I took actually a heavy, heavy course load. I was taking like 24 credit hours per semester. They let me do this. Oh my goodness. I would go petition the dean. Can I have these extra credits? Because I got to get ready for this baby. And I remember uh, she was born in April. So finals normally happen in May. So I'm taking my chemistry final and she's in her stroller right there beside me. You know, that's her first introduction to college. You're going to be in organic chemistry with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so what, was it a struggle to, I'm thinking of like your living environment, like were you in a dorms? Were you still with your mom? Did you have to get your own place? So with the University of New Mexico, so before I told anybody, of course, I was already in the dorms, had a roommate. Oh my gosh, she drove me up the wall. <laughs> Our sleep schedules were so opposite. Oh but, no. You know, um, I just stayed there and just kind of hid it a little bit as I lived in the dorms, you know, the people closest to me, my roommate, she knew, and they were excited. Uh, but when it got time close to have the baby, I knew I had to move into some different housing. So they actually had student family housing. Um, I was on full scholarship. So they transferred me over there to, to the family housing, me with my little new baby, uh, right at the end of the semester. So that was kind of good for my friends because I was the only one that had my own place, right? <laughs> I had a <laughs> to myself uh so yeah so I was pretty independent but of course I had a phenomenal support system you know my mother um even though she was about four hours away during those summer months when I was wanting to take summer school and things like that she would take the baby and let her stay uh at the house with them and so those were my babysitters I had babysitters there in Albuquerque but also Carlsbad uh, mom would get her daycare and take care of her for, during the summers for me. Or maybe if it was a long weekend, you know, mom would take the baby. And then I had siblings at home. So I have okay. to give them a shout out. You know, yes. I have uh, two sisters and a brother. I'm the oldest. So of course, as they are living life, now they get to help raise the baby too. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's it. So we, you know, we just have an amazing family and super supportive, you know. I know they were disappointed, but I knew that I was not going to fail, even with the new challenges of being a single parent, being a single mom, 
You know, I could still make it happen. I still could finish college. I could still do something great and get these degrees. And uh, fast forward, here we are. We did it. Yes, <laughs> but I don't want to fast forward yet. <laughs> next okay. Scene, next scene. <laughs> All right. Next scene. All right. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> okay. So after you graduated, like what was next? Did you start working a job? Like when did, did you also get married? You got married along the way as well so here i am single mom uh fast forward she's probably about two now and of course you know i want to i want a real family i want to be able to raise her in my household uh create that nice you know two ki- 2.5 kids white picket fence the american dream i wanted the american dream and so i met a guy just kind of by divine appointment he was in church and uh, loving the Lord. And of course, that's what the church says. Find someone you're equally yoked with and everything's going to be perfect. That's what I thought in my young mind. <laughs> but guess what? They don't tell you about the work that has to happen in marriage. So yeah. although we were married uh, 13 years and that's the father she knew uh, growing up, we had challenges, communication, you know, the top three things that they say, for mm-hmm. any marriage, communication, finances, and sex. We had challenges. And I think for me, I know for me, you know, I didn't want to talk about any of that with people at church because I didn't like the shame. I didn't want people to try to judge me. Like, hey, you're supposed to be in this leadership role and your life's not perfect. And so we had mentors, but there was no real you know, let's sit down and come up with a strategy of how we can fix and heal, you know, different parts of the marriage or how we can grow and mature. I was really young. I was like 21 when I got married. Okay. So I was still a kid myself (laughs) and I married an older gentleman. So he's about 11 years older than me. Um, so that was an interesting dynamic. I think it was good. It was healthy. Uh, They say men take longer to mature than women. So I figured we'd be right at the same level, right? (laughs) And in some ways we were, but then other ways he was more advanced and uh, other ways I was more advanced. Um, But we didn't know how to bring it together. Like Legos, like these are your strengths and weaknesses. These are my strengths. Let's bring it together and make it solid. You know, we, I think, spent more time focusing on the weaknesses and not working on the weaknesses and growing through the weaknesses and supporting one another through the weaknesses. And so and it ended in divorce. I didn't want to be divorced. So I had an option. I almost took the victim mentality like, oh my God, he left me. But then I started meeting women who were like, I got rid of him. And they were kind of more empowered. They were like, it was my choice. You know, I'm better off. And, you know, now they have divorce parties and all this stuff. I'm like, well, why do I feel so victimized? <laughs> you know, so just kind of seeing those different dynamics. But it was a, definitely a healing process, a lot with along with all that experience. So a lot of healing had to be involved. Yeah. So he made, you said he made the decision to leave you ultimately? Ultimately, um, he said he needed some time and some space. And the goal was for us to get back together. Uh, So I thought, (laughs) once again, I don't know if I was naive, you know, me in relationships. So first I had the guy telling me, oh, I can't make any babies. Everything's fine. Now I have the guy telling me, oh, we're going to fix our marriage and we'll get back together. And so I didn't even fight the divorce. You know, I sat in the parking lot 
when the final decree was given, I watched him walk up the steps. And in my mind, I watched him come out, skip down the steps, you know, all light and free, yeah. free. And I'm in the car, you know, bawling my eyes out like, oh my God, it's done. I can't believe it. I can't believe he would throw away all of this time and energy. You know, for me, when you make a commitment to be married, I don't think anybody goes in like, hmm, how can I mess this up and get divorced? <laughs> I don't think anybody goes in with that thought pattern. You know, I think most people want companionship. They want love and they want someone to grow together with and they want it to last a lifetime, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. Let's switch gears to like professional and career wise, like into adulthood you got your master's and then because I know you are an entrepreneur now but I know there's a journey that got you to that point so what was on the flip side like because we know <laughs> kind of what's going on personally so like what's going on professionally all right so I got my first job I was probably the youngest uh college professor so I was 21 years old and teaching college classes. Wow. <laughs> I had students, you know, how the college experience, you get a variety of students. I had students uh, old enough to be my grandparents. I had students who were, you know, thought we were homies and they were like, are you going to give me a grade? And I'm like, uh, integrity is important to me and uh, reputation, all those different types of things. But anytime I worked a regular job, I started working when I was 15 so tutoring students at school, I was making $15 an hour just tutoring people. And then, of course, fast food had to get that experience. So shout out to Hardee's, Burger King. You know, uh, when I went back to South Carolina, I had to eat. So Burger King was not only a place for me to work, but they fed me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, <clears throat> And then from there, you know, after even during college, I was a work study student. So work has been in my blood. You know, we don't just sit on the sidelines. We still get to work and uh, make it happen. And so uh, the career path, I kept looking for a job. Here I am with this master's degree that y'all told me I'm going to make a million dollars as soon as I get this degree. And no, I couldn't find a job. So I, I was familiar with healthcare because I wanted to go into uh, the medical field. Uh, so I went and did like nursing home. I worked in the nursing home. And so my friends would call me. They're still my friends today. So don't be, don't be mad at them. But they would say, oh my God, you have a master's degree and you're wiping booties for a living. <laughs> I was so distraught. Like, oh my God, they're right. <laughs> That's so very real. Put in, <laughs> yeah, putting an application and my uncle it was like, you should look into education. I never wanted to be a teacher. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna look into education. The Lord opened up a phenomenal job for me that I absolutely loved. And it was just an amazing time. You know, I could have stayed there, gotten a tenure track position. I could still be there to this day, you know, uh, but life is happening. My husband wants to try a new space and new city. So I agree. And so we leave, uh, but I continued in education. I did a little bit of graphic design and marketing for a uh, high class resort in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I got to work. I call it lifestyles of the rich and famous. You know, I got to work. John Travolta has a home out there at this golf course. And, you know, it was just a fun job to do a lot of marketing. But um, alongside of all of that, I've always done a business. 
So I started with, oh, I'm trying to see. I think me and my daughter, I put together a company, Barnes and Nick. Her name is Nikkel, so N-I-Q. <laughs> and uh, I can't even remember what that business was supposed to be. <laughs> I can't remember what we were doing. But then I did Christian credit services to so help people repair their credit. Uh, I've done a lot of network marketing. So I've done Avon, Mary Kay, Primerica. I was a licensed life insurance agent. I've done um, Amway. That's kind of a big deal company. You know, I've done a lot of network marketing till I finally settled on one called Premier Designs. And everyone knew me as a jewelry lady. So this was the way, <laughs> excuse me. Maybe that's the size to stop talking. Do you want to ask a different question right there? <laughs> well, I was just thinking about when you were talking about wiping butts with a master's. That is very common, actually, because I am a nurse. And so I was kind of surprised when I was working in healthcare and in the hospital setting to find out like how many nurses have masters and doctorates and they just like can't find the right opportunity or that it doesn't like they can't find the right pay or for whatever reason they got this degree and they're not able to use it so they just stay where they're at it happens a lot oh wow and I didn't even have a medical degree uh, my master's was in business administration but I had worked, you know, in like home health and developmentally delayed housing and stuff through college, you know, so that was kind of my skill set. So I just leaned on my other skill set because yeah. I couldn't find a job with my master's degree. It happens, unfortunately. <laughs> so, okay, you're working, you always try to start a business, working all of these MLMs. So what have you found success in like where have you can you say like this is it like I finally am doing something that I love I feel like you're in that place now right <laughs> I am in that place now and um you know it was a lot of trial and error I learned a lot of skills through all the different companies that I work with how to build a team you know how to be focused disciplined consistent all of that and so I um as I was working on my master's degree we had to do papers of course I did a paper on Warren Buffett and so he always intrigued me and I just kind of watched him over the years then I heard Donald Trump say the success uh, the bottom line for his success was real estate so that kind of caught my attention yes. so you know I just started purchasing properties and things like that and um, one of the places I mean we saw it during COVID people are always going to need a place to stay and then of course I know it might sound a little morbid, funeral homes, they're always going to be in business. People are going to need a place to, you know, properly dispose of bodies. Um, healthcare, you saw those. You can kind of see which arenas and what, you know, specific mar markets never lost hope, never lost, you know, uh, clients. And so mm -hmm. real estate was a big deal even before COVID, you know, just kind of listening to what was happening out there. So I ended up buying some properties and they turned out to be really lucrative. So that helped. And then of course, I'm, you know, I was in education. Uh, the career didn't go as I expected. I was demoted, fired from a couple of jobs, you know, 
once again, here comes that shame. Here comes that rejection. Like I'm giving y'all my sweat equity. I'm giving you the best of me. And this is the thanks that I get, you know? So that was kind of hurtful. And so that prompts you to do your own thing. Like, okay, I have to fire my own self. <laughs> I'm pretty gracious, you know? I don't, I don't want to fire me. So anyway, <laughs> coming to your own boss. Um, I really wanted to be inspirational and share a lot of more of my story. I love speaking. Uh, I love singing. And, um, you know, just the opportunity came at the right time where I was able to start my coaching program uh, right before COVID. And I started coaching with another company, Kingdom Builders Academy. So they're a world-class organization. Um and so that's what I do. I get to work from home, work from anywhere, work from the airport. I have flexibility. And we got to see a lot of that during COVID. As an educator, I was working from anywhere, working from home. You know, as long as you had a laptop, that was your office. And I kind of liked it, you know, like, hmm, I could get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> that's awesome. I have also been studying real estate investing for years now. And it's something that I look forward to getting into as well. So I'm happy to hear that. Okay. And it's all about multiple streams of income, you know, yes. they used to talk about that a lot. And so that's kind of what prompted me, you know, trying the different network marketings, um, companies and things like that. And um, so I just started building different income streams that could produce passive income. And so now they seem to work pretty good. Uh, some days I got to pray over them like, okay, stream, I need you to produce some more. I need mm -hmm. you to flow a little stronger. <laughs> don't have time for trickles, you know, Yeah. Uh, but it's always a faith journey and we just keep pushing. We keep doing what we know to do the next best thing, uh, the next best right thing. Keep doing that consistently and, and you get results. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you, I'm just reminded of, the fact that we might have this vision in our heads for like the end goal or like where we'd ultimately like to be, but then our current situation doesn't look like that. But I've learned that every place that you are put, every job, every chapter, it has purpose and there's something for you to get from it. And I just thought of how you were talking about all the jobs and how you got new skills from each one and then it builds up to the point where you're like wow look at all this stuff that I've learned all this stuff that I am able to do it's amazing and so I just want to like encourage somebody that if you are not there wherever there is for you you're on the way and you're being prepared as you go so mm -hmm. I love that progression in your story and I want to flip back to back to the personal life now. <laughs> <laughs> back to the personal life. Let me insert this real quick, because exactly what you're talking about, you know, whenever I'm going through a challenging situation, I always pray, Lord, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me here? What are you trying to work in me? So whether you're trying to make me more compassionate, you know, get me more peace, more joy, make me more loving, or what are you trying to get out of me? Get rid of that anger, that bitterness wrong thinking, negativity, you know, that's always my prayer. What am I supposed to learn in this, this space, whatever that is, you know, whatever challenge, whatever frustration, when you're feeling overwhelmed, what am I supposed to learn here? Because I don't like it. And I don't want to go back to this part. <laughs> so right? let me do my lesson quickly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So 
I'm so happy that you have been able to find all these opportunities that are producing for you, that are productive. So you got divorced after 13 years. And how old was your daughter at that point? She was about 16 because she was getting ready to graduate from high school herself. Okay. And uh, so that's kind of when the struggle started. And that was one of my pleas. One of my cries was like, can we just get her through graduation? And then we will work on us. Cause you know, I was, had her poised to go off to college and get her life started. And so that's when I got to see up close and personal, how the devastation of divorce, it doesn't just affect the husband and the wife that are going through it, but then the kids and, you know, now they have statistics, even if your kids are grown and out of the house, it still affects them. And so uh, you know, I was just talking to her recently and that was the sticking point for her. If he had just made it to my graduation, mm-hmm. you know, even after the divorce, things were kind of falling apart. She still desired him to be there and he promised I would show up and he didn't show up. So that was kind of a heartbreak for her. And it's been a repetitive cycle, you know, of heartbreak in her life. And so, you know, I constantly am praying for that. Lord, redeem that area, restore that area. Yeah. It's- just about us. You know, I think oftentimes divorces comes from a selfish place. You know, it's all about me, my feelings, and I don't want to versus, okay, let me think about the entire situation, everybody involved. And let's see how we can fix it. Not sweep it under the rug. What do I need to change? Once again, back to that place. What do I need to change in me? <laughs> what is wrong with me? You know, not just the other person, because guess what? From situation to situation, there's a common denominator. And oftentimes it's us, me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is it, you know, that needs to change for me? Or what do I need to grow into? All of that. Yeah, that is true in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So you found yourself a single mom again. And you said that this time there was a lot of healing that had to be done. So what did that look like for you? So it was a lot of, so before we get to the healing, of course, you're in the pit. So a lot of depression, a lot of, you know, shame, a lot of rejection. Like I'm the woman with the scarlet letter, you know, the church is, how are they going to look at me? Are they going to treat me different? You know, some churches will completely excommunicate, you know, a divorced woman, Luckily, I wasn't in a church like that. You know, they received me with open arms and they just gave me space to heal. Grace to grow is what I call it. And, you know, I didn't want to do anything in ministry. I just wanted to come to church, cry, lay on the floor, cry some more. (laughs) You know, I really didn't have much drive or motivation to do anything. I was just existing. I was stuck. And so, you know, my church just gave me the space to be stuck as long as I wanted to be stuck. But I I knew to stay in the presence of the Lord, to keep that worship music on, you know, to keep my mind, you know, cause I could have easily lost my mind. I was so devastated. I was so broken. And so those were some of the steps where I started walking out of that place of doing the research. You know, how do you break out of depression? I knew I didn't want to take any pills. Okay. So you're going to have to start working out. So I found myself joining a gym, ultimately became a teacher for the Jazzercise Network. I was a Jazzercise instructor. You know, you dance with your girlfriends, basically, um, you know, and find that happy place. So that was part of that journey. Got to eat well. 
So I started working on my diet, nutrition. Um, and then it says you got to serve well. You got to get out of focusing on you, you, you. And so I got out there and the Lord set me up. It really was. <laughs> the Lord set me up. I was out one day and they were like, hey, we're looking for someone to run for city council in Ward 1. And I'm like, where's Ward 1? <laughs> then they whoop out this big map and they put it on the wall and they're like, boop, right here. And my house is literally one block within Ward 1. I've been trying to move from this house because the memories of being in that house with my ex-husband, I wanted to move, but God had a purpose. I'm one block within Ward 1. So I was like, fine. And then, of course, they told me, it'll be like being on the PTO. Just one meeting. <laughs> it's so easy. Okay. They I don't you know up. if I'm naive or what, because I was like, okay, I can do PTO. <laughs> That's easy. It was like getting a whole master's degree in city development, city planning, you know, how to run a city, how to take care of the citizens of a city and all the things that come along with that. So, but it expanded my purview. It gave me a brand new perspective, a brand new skill set. So now when I go into a city, I'm looking like, okay, how are your drains working, your sewer system? Oh, okay. I see how you're doing your transportation. I'm looking at, you know, uh, what's your emergency preparedness plan? You know, I've got all these things that I would have never thought about. Yeah, I certainly don't think about those things. <laughs> As a city counselor. So that was my way of giving back. And it was such a blessed experience. You know, even if I hadn't won the campaign, I met so many people in my city that I was just able to love on and just give to. Um, as I was on the campaign trail, you know, here's a lady. She can't back her car out. She's, you know, in her 70s and she has a small garage. And she's like, I really need to go to the grocery store. Could you please back my car out? You know, just for moments like that, just to be able to help your fellow human, help your fellow mankind. It was just so, such a sweet time. And so just going out, loving on the people. And then I messed around and won. So I did a four-year term. And then I saw, you know, things behind the scenes that I didn't like. And so instead of, this is what those lessons that mama teaches you, you we don't, we're not going to run down anybody. We're not going to do that smear campaign. If you want change, be the change you want to be, you want to see, right? I mm -hmm. think Gandhi said that. So, you know, I wasn't pleased with some of the decisions our mayor was making at the time. And so I ran for mayor, first African-American woman to run for the mayor of the city of Roswell. I didn't win. And that was right before COVID. So I was kind of grateful Lord, you, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would not have Ooh. known how to handle all that isolation and keeping the people safe, all the decisions that government makers had to make in order to help keep the people safe, you know? Yeah. Never had that skill set. I wouldn't even have thought about that skill set. So I'm, you know, I was grateful, but I learned a lot. I think I grew a lot. I matured in some new areas but there's still more to learn, you know, more learning. To <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so happy that, well, first, first of all, I'm happy that you touched on serving slash volunteering because it's so underrated and it's so powerful. And I don't think we talk about that enough. And even in my own journey, like when I was going through my own depression, I volunteered as a youth leader at a local church for teenagers and I needed that I really mm -hmm. needed that and it really helped me so much so serving will definitely help you beat depression for sure I know that 
<laughs> so I'm so happy you said that. And also, I did not know that you were a, how do you say it, a councilwoman? Is that the right? Yes, a city councilwoman. That's I forget these accolades. You know, I've done so much. And then, you know, I'll go on like a program or a podcast or get introduced. And they read my resume. I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I forgot a lot of that stuff. But, you know, it was just a time. It just humbles you that the Lord has his hand on you and he'll use you in ways that you'd even dream or imagine. I tell people I'm so apolitical. I'm like, oh, all of that. Ugh. Yeah. People get all riled up. That is so not me. Yeah. Um, Lord put me there. And uh, strategically, just by divine design. Yep. And so I tell I, people, you know, you can do or be whatever you want to be. And you can even do and be things that you never even thought you wanted to be. <laughs> that is so true. And I also appreciate that you shared that because I'm the same way. I'm not a, a political person. I don't, I, it's something I will always confess that I need to do a better job of being more in touch with because it does matter. We like to get all focused on well, who's running for president, but really where you need to focus is in your local politics. That's where the real changes are made. And the church that I grew up in was a mega church in Brooklyn, New York. And my pastor has always given space for politicians to come in and say what they want to say, <laughs> whether we agree with it or not. And I think it's been such an eye-opening experience because some people will hear talk about politics and politicians and they'll look the other way, they'll run, you know, they're like, no, thank you. But because of seeing how my pastor is able to handle, speak on such big issues, and then also just the way that he's been connected with so many, I don't want to use the word elite, but like people of influence and how he stewards those relationships and and is able to have difficult conversations and give them the microphone knowing they might say something a little off. <laughs> I just respect that. And I have respect for, even though you didn't intentionally put yourself in that position, the fact that you were there and you did make a difference and you did impact lives and you were that change. Like I have so much respect for that. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to add, you know, I think the church really, tries to separate the politics, you know, the separation of church and state, but people don't realize that that was put in to protect the church from the government, not to protect the government from the church, you know, and I think that's why our political system is so divided and so jacked up because we left God out. We don't pray before we open up our Senate hearings and Congress and, you know, we're not praying before we make decisions and choose candidates and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's my little five cents things that I learned, but you can be saved and a Christian and keep your integrity and keep your morals and not play the scratch your back. You scratch mine game and, and lose your, you know, reputation. You can, you can stay saved and be in politics because the churches I was raised in, it was like, ah, uh -uh, you better not do the politics. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you gotta go to hell. and it was like, wait, what? And so the Lord had to change my thinking. I'm looking at yes. Daniel in the Bible. He's in government and he's well-respected in government and he didn't lose his integrity. He was yes. a man of standard and he, you know, people honored him, but of course the haters came too, but that's okay. God protected him. Yeah. I didn't eat him. It was fine. So I was in the yes. lion's den 
and it's a lot of work. You know, you take some hits, uh, especially being an African-American woman in politics. You know, you take some hits. Um, our local government was a nonpartisan race, so it didn't matter if you were Republican or Democrat. But I met this one uh, older white gentleman. He said, I'm a yellow dog Democrat. And I would vote for a yellow dog before I vote for you. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I learned so many phrases. The devil that you see today, you know, you know, some, some weird things. Basically, I'll trust the devil that's already in office before I vote someone in new that I don't know. I can't remember how they even said these phrases, but I learned a lot. <laughs> Good, the bad, and the ugly. And so yeah. now I'm like, mom, get some money together. We need some backing. I could do better than Trump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to leave that alone for this podcast. Maybe no, a billionaire, I a multi-billionaire here to be like, okay, she's a woman of integrity. And, you know, she doesn't have any sketchy background history. You know, anything that comes up, I'll just be like, I was young and just keep moving. You know, <laughs> I'll own it. Be like Bill Clinton. I did it but I did not inhale. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so happy. I've never talked about politics or had anybody that's to my knowledge, that's been in politics on my podcast. So I'm really happy that we touched on this topic and you took the words right out of my mouth because we need good godly people with integrity and morals in government. We need church people in government. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I'm so that's probably <laughs> going to be a highlight because <laughs> we need that. But yeah. Okay. So you were depressed, but you got out of it with exercise, diet and serving others. And when did it really when did you personally notice like, wow, I'm not who I used to be and I'm proud of myself. Did you have that moment? <laughs> I think every day I made it to exercise class, and I, <laughs> an hour set. I was like, oh, I made it. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I remember when I first started working out with Jazzercise as a student and I, I think we were on a boat. We went boating and I touched my leg and I was like, what is that? It was a new muscle. I never <laughs> my leg like, wow, I'm getting toned up, you know? So yes, I had lots of those moments. You walk past the mirror and you're like, wow, this working out, you know, really makes a difference. And it builds your self-esteem and, you know, your, your light is back in your eyes. You're smiling more and people around you can notice like, okay, you're not crying every day. You know, my daughter would tell me stories. I guess my depression was just so bad and my grief, you know, because divorce is like grief. It's death and dying of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, I tell people, it's like having your arm ripped off with no tourniquet, you know, you're just bleeding and one of your appendages is gone. You got to figure out how to redo life without that arm. Um, but all of that to say that I think I lost my little point here. What was I going? Boop, 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 boop. Well, I knew that you were proud of yourself each time you worked out and oh, you, yeah. your daughter was telling you something because it really affected her. Yeah, because she would hear me crying. She said, even in my sleep, oh. I was being there crying. She could hear me moaning through the wall, that kind of thing. So it was, it was pretty, it was pretty intense in there. 
So when the joy came flooding back and I could laugh again and I was enjoying my life and, um, you know, enjoying my friends, just enjoying being alive. And even today I'm celebrating. This is my birthday. I wanted to spend it with you, Miss Ginger. Oh my gosh. Today? <laughs> today is the day. Happy birthday. You did tell me your birthday was coming up and I have so many amazing people that today is their birthday. So I didn't even check on who all's birthdays today. <laughs> so I would have figured that out later. But happy birthday. I'm so Thank honored. You. Thank I'm you. I'm just for celebrating being, being alive. One, two, three. So one twenty-third um is my birthday. So I feel like I'm progressing, still learning, growing, evolving, trying to yeah. get better day by day. And I tell people I'm in competition with no one. I just want to be 1% better every day. Exactly. So there's like two more things that I want to talk about. Okay. So you did get remarried. I did. So I'm a newlywed a whole six yeah. months in. So I figured my 13 years, I knew how to do it all. I had it down pat and I thought this would be easy. It's a new person, new struggles, new challenges, new ways of communicating. So I'm evolving. I'm learning how to transition and the process of the two becoming one, not necessarily an easy process. You know, you got to yeah. peel off all your baggage, all your excess stuff that you've been carrying around that maybe you didn't even know was there or you thought it was gone and then they mess with you or say something and it's like that's still there it's a trigger mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so six months and I'm working on a lifetime so congratulations <laughs> and what was different about this relationship compared to past relation your either your past marriage or past relationships however you want to categorize it just being older, more mature. I know for me, you know, I think I've grown emotionally where I can express myself better. You know, women, we're often told uh, we don't tell men what we want. We want them to guess what we want. And they got to figure out our mood and they got to figure out who we are that morning when we wake up. You're like, which version of her is this going to be today? You know, so trying to manage my own emotions, be more temperate where you don't have to wake up to a surprise every day. I'm pretty much the same, you know? Um, so that part, the emotional maturity, being able to communicate better so I can say, this is what I need. And without, you know, yelling or screaming or anger, but keeping my energy in check, you know, coming from a place of positivity. I think I've mastered that pretty good. Um, finances, you know, I have grown up in how to manage finances, you know, from welfare to millionaire. I teach some classes every now and then and give away these strategies. Of course, you have to revamp when you get into a marriage to see what, you know, their level of financial responsibility is like. But that part's coming together. And then, of course, remember, we talked about the sex part. So I'm, because <laughs> I can communicate well, I can say this is what I need in this area. And because we are familiar with each other and we have an open communication, you know, we can talk about it and not be like strangers. Like I'm scared to share what I'm feeling, what I'm really feeling, you know, that's good. It's a way to say anything you need to say with love, respect, honor, all of that. But I'm still working on it. Still growing. There's still improvement. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> and speaking of your list of accomplishments, you also recently did a TEDx talk. Yay! Yes. <laughs> so How was that? 
I would show them in my classroom all the time. So I don't know if I was starting to develop an envy, like, I think I want to do this too. I didn't know it was kind of a secret desire, but one day I was on the computer and an ad came up. Hey, do you want to do a TEDx talk? And something in me said, yes, I do. (laughs) I began that quest, you know, hired coaches because I think it's important to have mentorship. It helps to alleviate the stress and frustration. Of course, you still got to do the work, but if they've already done it, let's follow their lead, you know? And so yeah. I hired a coach and they walked me through the whole process of how to apply, how to um, get it accepted, and then how to rock it out on the stage. One thing I missed though, I thought I ruined my whole opportunity is see those cute earrings you have on? I didn't put on any today because I think I'm, I hate earrings now. But when you <laughs> use the lapel mic and I've done theater, I know this intellectually, but on that day for TEDx, for some reason, um, I didn't remember, but I had on these beautiful hoop earrings and it hit the mic as I was speaking during my TEDx talk. So I thought they invited me. They said, well, you can come back to Zimbabwe and re-record it. And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> that's kind of a long way it's an expensive journey and then it's a lot of pressure to memorize because TEDx they want you to memorize your talk yeah Um, I don't know where that speech is in my brain I don't know (laughs) what out (laughs) and it you know the feedback that I got for those who saw it preliminarily said just let it go it might be something that God can use as a blessing and so I've only had maybe one person out of 300 who's even mentioned the earring distraction (laughs) (laughs) there's always gonna be that one (laughs) there's always gonna be that one (laughs) and what was your talk called so I called it how to live before you die but TEDx has final say so they called it rebuild confidence transformational technique okay I like both (laughs) I did not know that they like change it like that. (laughs) But I think both are really good. Yeah. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for your TED talk so that if anybody wants to check it out and they better not say nothing about the earrings now that they know (laughs) they want to check it out, it will be there for them. But I feel like, you know, I'm really happy with our conversation today. I was going to ask all my questions, but I don't even really feel like we need to. Um, I'm going to do my for fun questions because I did them yesterday and I like doing them. I haven't done them in a while. <laughs> so they're fun. They're quick. You, you helped me remember all kinds of things that I kind of, I guess, pushed to the back, back burner. That was but... the prayer. That was not me. That was the Holy <laughs> Spirit. <laughs> But I feel like, um, you know, it's making me want to celebrate that. Yeah, long way, baby. You have so much to celebrate, so much, yeah. and there will be more on the way to celebrate. All right, all right, I love so, it. I receive it. Yes, I love to ask just three questions. You just say whatever the first answer that comes to mind is. So the first one, I love to travel. If you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Dubai is on my site. Yes, me too. I definitely want to, yeah, it's on my list for sure. The culture, the architecture. I want one of those fancy dresses and I want to do the photo shoot. Yeah, and the desert. All of that. (laughs) That sounds real nice. Perfect. And then I like to ask for a song recommendation. So it could be something 
that you consider just like an anthem in general or something that you have on repeat like recently that has really been blessing you all right so when I'm really confident and I'm feeling myself and I'm going in the room and I know I got it together, my hair's laid, my earrings are popping, my lip gloss looks good. This is the song that plays in my head. Boom, 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 boom. She's a bad man, whichever. How about that? Carl Carlson? <laughs> yes, I know that song. <laughs> but of course, on my inspirational side, anything Maverick City music. Uh, right now, it's never lost. God has never lost a battle. So whatever battle you're in, you know, that song has really been stirring in my heart. Like, he's never lost a battle. So that's my it's, inspirational sign. <laughs> it is no coincidence that you have said that because that has been on my mind as well lately of just, he's never lost a battle. He's not going to fail. I can't think of the exact song. It's called Never Lost. Well, there's, I think, but there's that one. And then there's another song with a similar message, but just that message that I think, I don't know. I'm just going to stay on this for a second. That encouragement of like, he's never lost a battle. He's never failed. He's not going to start with you. Amen. <laughs> Please don't so, start with me. Don't fail with me. If <laughs> you're so well for with something, <laughs> God's track record, immaculate. Okay. It gets no better. He is, we have victory through him. So I'm so happy you said that because that's been on my mind and heart these last few weeks as well. Like he, oh, I just, okay. It's another song. I can't remember who sings it off the top of my head. Maybe I should look it up, but I was just, yes. Okay. I just remembered it. Okay. <laughs> I was watching one of the influencers that I've been following for a little bit now, she also just got remarried and she made a vlog for her of her. She had a micro wedding. She vlogged it. And I don't know if it's the song that she walked down the aisle to or the song they just put over the video, but it's the story I'll tell. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you know that song. It says mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to sing it because I feel like I'm going to embarrass myself, but <laughs> it says I want to sing it, but I don't want to sing it. You I'm might as sure well sing a little out, ditty, just a little hint. I feel like I can clear my throat real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna Google make it right sure now. the notes come out. But it's, it's just a Maverick City. All right, I'm gonna be brave here, and um, right. this could make a blooper or a highlight. I don't know, but it just goes like, oh, 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 my God, did not fail, and then like the oh, oh, oh. It's a story I'll tell. I'm not a singer, but you know, I can Google something. So anyway, <laughs> but that's, that's just cool. the words. My God did not fail. That's the story I'll tell. That's, yeah. So anyways, right. never. I got it pulled up. I'm going to listen to that after our podcast. Yeah. So that song blesses me. And just those, all those songs that remind us of who God is. So yes, love Maverick City. Okay. I'm so happy we did these fun questions. And the last question I like to ask is for a book recommendation. So that can be either something that you read at any point in time that just really like opened your eyes or like shifted your mentality, or it could be something you read recently. All right. So one that came to mind as soon as you said that I'm reading is called Nine Figure Mindset. Ooh. And this guy is kind of sharing his journey on how he had these nine figure million dollar companies and how he flipped them. You know, we're talking about leveling up. 
so I'm only about halfway through that, but I've been enjoying his story. And then another one is Atomic Habits. I kept seeing it over and over again. Yeah. And I opened it. I was like, I could have read this book, but these small micro changes in your thoughts or your habits can have exponential results. I love it. Atomic Habits is so popular and I still have not read it, but I definitely know of it. And I love that title of the first one, The Nine Figure Mindset, because I remember when I started becoming more aware of like finances and entrepreneurship towards the end of college. At first, it was like all about six figures, six figures. And then the more that I learned, it was like six figures isn't enough. If you really have like big vision, big dreams, and you want to operate in generosity, like no other, you six figures is not enough. And so That's I kind of, of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was that. listening to this one group. They said, if you're not making six figures, you're being selfish. Yeah. How can you have enough to give away? If you don't have enough to provide for your own household, you need at a minimum to be making six figures. Exactly. That and I like remember I was following this. Um, she's a, a trainer and she was married to another trainer at the time. They have since gotten divorced, but, and I, I unfollowed him, but <laughs> his thing was like Mr. Six Figures. And I remember I saw that one day and I was like, ew, that's it? Like, <laughs> not even in a bougie way, just of like, like you're bragging on that. Like you, there's so much more. That's not impressive anymore. <laughs> so I love that nine figure because we don't hear... I don't, I could probably count on one hand the type, the amount of times I've heard somebody talk about nine figures. Like that's mm -hmm. even, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I so that sounds like a good book. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much, Natasha. Do you have any like closing thoughts or something you forgot to say maybe? I mean, Cause you remembered a lot, praise God. <laughs> so I doubt there's anything you forgot, but just anything that you would like to finish off with. Well, I appreciate you so much, Miss Ginger, you know, your vision and your focus. I love the song Ghetto 10. I'd never heard of it before until you explained it to me. Now I'm going to have to go check that out as well. Uh, but I do want to give away some freebies for your audience. So they can visit me on my website, yourcoachnatasha.com forward slash free dash gift. And, um, you know, one of the things I love to do is inspire and empower women to get their confidence back. So they can live a powerful life. They can get their finances up. They can get their bag up and they can level up in business, you know? And so I pray that the stories that I share inspire, motivate you that, hey, the end is not always like how it began. So you can always write a new story, write a new chapter. And so you don't have to wait to let life just write it for you. What do you want that next chapter to be? Start exploring it, start thinking about it. And then we're going to be intentional. We can make it happen. And so I also, another freebie for your audience, I do these empowerment strategy sessions. So 45 minutes, absolutely free. We put together a blueprint. We put together a strategic plan to get you jump started on this storybook life that you want to live, this next chapter, this next phase of your destiny. And so that's what I get to do as your coach, Natasha. That's my new branding, yourcoachnatasha.com. I love it. I will definitely include those links in the show notes as well, because I already know that those, well, what was the first one? The first free gift was the... I didn't even tell you the name, but the free gift is actually 
five proven strategies to skyrocket your confidence. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, with some testimonials in there on confidence building. So I already know that those strategies and even just 45 minutes with you is going to be a game changer for somebody. So I will happily include that as well as your TED talk. I'm saying it so I can remind myself so I can remember. <laughs> But thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was so much fun. And I'm just, I love hearing your story and getting to know you better. So thank you. <laughs> thank you again. I'm, I'm looking forward to hear some testimonials. So if the audience members, you know, something inspired them, it motivated us, uh, motivated them. I like to get feedback. So let me know. Yes, no. go ahead and leave no. a review. Go ahead and repost it. Send it to a friend. We would appreciate that. <laughs> All right. You want me to put my email address? You want me to tell them? Well, we, we're going to put your contact information. Okay. So, yeah. I better send it to you again, just in case. I'll. You can stop recording because I have some questions for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Get Up Ted. And before I play the outro, I just want to remind you that if you're listening to this before March 2nd, it's not too late to get your ticket for the Push Brunch, ladies. We're going to have a time from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And we're going to eat good. We're going to be inspired. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. And we're going to leave better than we came. So get in the room. The Push Brunch, March 2nd in Austell, Georgia. All right, y'all. Bye. <laughs>